I grab the phone. Father Four. Hi there, Huck. How you doing? Uh, I am what you would call knee-deep in something fantastic and maybe awful. Well, I had to imagine. I didn't think this was a social call. No, no. Uh, sadly, I, I don't know why I'm, I'm miming talking into this. Yeah, yeah, it's well, that's, that's how... Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great way to have, this a, is, have a... This is just yeah. the enjoyment of you and Adam who can see me <laughs> and the audience who cannot. I love it, frankly. Uh, I'm currently in the lovely, the limousine region of France, uh, staying in Nantes. Right, yeah. I'm here on some business for our mutual friends. I, I understand, I understand, sure, sure. Uh, I'm hilariously working with a KGB agent, which is just truly My the stars, most... My stars, <laughs> Well, yeah. uh, so tell me, son, what, what do you need a hand with? I give him the broad strokes. Okay. You know, kids going missing, bird masks, old chateaus, Jacques the Cad, acorns, just just as much as I can in sort of loose terms and be like, so what realm does this sort of sit with? It, it doesn't feel like a, a <clears throat> vampire or a demon or a ghost. It, it feels something else. I mean, you know me, uh, Ike, my son. I, if it ain't the devil, <laughs> well, I, it ain't my wheelhouse. However, uh, give me a second. He puts the phone down. You hear, like, thunk of him placing it on, like, a table. And you hear his footsteps as he walks away. How long are you waiting? Has Amori come back yet? Amori's probably would return. Within, like, five minutes, Amori would return. But Father Ford has not. He's not come back yet. I look at this. I look at my pocket watch. Mm-hmm. No, I'll wait. After about ten minutes, Father Ford comes back. You hear him pick up the phone. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. I knew it sounded familiar. I mean... The story of the uh, the king and his three sons, that's old as time. Find that all over the place. But uh, I knew there was a French one. Uh, that's where you are, right? Limousine region of, region of France? Oui. All right. So story goes, well, you're right. The king, he's got three sons, and he sends them off on these challenges. Uh, and the youngest son, who's normally kind of considered something of a ne'er-do-well or a doofus, <laughs> he, um, he completes these challenges by leaving, going to some foreign land and there he meets a well it's different each time a, a beast sometimes a, sometimes a, a, a wild animal uh, but in French in France sorry it's often a cat a, a gigantic cat and uh, this cat, cat he spends n- a year not with. a fox or a small dog a cat no a cat and and he spends a year with this cat and the cat gives him uh, you know drink and wine and then at the end of it all uh, it gives him the acorn that you were mentioning with the dog inside same thing happens with the muslin cloth and yes. then at the end right he says uh, oh, he's got to bring this a beautiful woman back for the king that's how the story goes and uh, the cat at the end of the year that he spends there uh, they say, uh, take your sword, chop my head off. Well, the, he doesn't want to, obviously. He doesn't want to hurt this person who's been a hand to him. Uh, but eventually, the cat convinces him, and he cuts the cat's head right off, and sliding out of the cat's skin, I suppose, comes a beautiful woman, whom he returns back to uh, back to his kingdom with. And that's the story there. Uh, Le, Le Chat Blanc, I think it's called in French. The white cat. The white um, cat. So I'm telling you now, I mean, if that's what you're experiencing, uh, it, it sounds like you... Did you tell him about the ghost as well? Uh, yes, I told him about the... Yeah. I, I'm being sent on an errand by an, a voice looking for an acorn and a sword. Are, yeah. are we... I'm of the belief that that is either the, the, the third son's father or the third son himself regretting perhaps 
marrying an entity that is now revealed to possibly have been a cat. Well, yeah, I mean, it could be either. I think you want to find your friend, you find the cat. And I think you want to find the cat, you you find that acorn or that dog or whatever he was saying. Father, say a little prayer for me. I'm going to desecrate some graves. <laughs> All right, then. I always will. I hope to see you back sometime. It's been too long. Yeah. Um. Before we go, um, how's Mother? She's doing fine, he says. But there's a lot of... You know, she's doing fine means she's stable. She talking? Uh, here and there. Here and there for sure she's talking. She remember anything? Well, not so much on that front. Uh, occasionally, uh, little pieces float to the surface. Uh, you should come back and visit her too, Ike. I think she'd appreciate that. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll see. I might be, I might be busy this month, but but maybe next month. It is implied that this is a conversation that Father Ford and Icarus Fortune oh. have every time he calls. Absolutely. I think the the amount of times you've returned to your hometown, you could count on one hand since you left. And it is a closed fist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I thank Father Ford for his assistance. I hang up. And just, just as I Amori's brought the stuff to me, I'm just mm-hmm. sort of talking to myself. Amori... Maybe the fox isn't a fox at all, but a cat. And in the telling, the story has become warped and manipulated. And the Jack the Cad is actually Jack the Cat. I don't know what you're talking about, but uh, I mean, anything is possible, she says. Here is the salt and a crowbar. Um, I am very pointedly, she says, not asking questions. <laughs> so, And Amori, that is exactly what I like about you. We here at the Chartreuse uh, do our best to meet every customer request, she says, and hands you the crowbar and the salt. That's what it used to say on the sign when it was there. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what's the time now? It's probably, uh, he, he took a while on the phone. I'd say you still have a while until midnight. Uh, we're probably talking around like 7.30, something like that. That's okay. <laughs> I've got time to open open the grave, go in, see what I can find, come yeah. out, and maybe Jacques will How much appear. time are you going to waste before you check to see if I'm alive or dead, you <laughs> maniac? <laughs> this is the thing, Adam. I think you're pretty capable. <laughs> in the darkness <laughs> of the basement. Not the compliment you think it is. <laughs> of the chateau. You cannot see anything but it feels like these stairs start as wooden stairs but then as you kind of tumble down them and you steady yourself they become stone stairs and then they almost feel like they become not even stairs anymore like the way you might get natural steps in a cave is what they start to feel like do i still have my flashlight clipped to my um thing can i turn that on you turn on the flashlight and you see that you are in like a kind of chamber. It definitely doesn't feel like you are at all in the chateau anymore. You can see that there are the stairs leading back out but above you. They've not gone at all. Uh, and you can probably even see like from the light of the door, like streaming. Obviously, the door is closed. But you can see beyond that it's yeah. still lit there. And you can probably see two little feet, like the darkness of two little feet as the child is evidently waiting for you on the other side of the door. But as you scan around this room with your torch, you see, yeah, you are in some kind of cave. It seems closed. It doesn't seem like it extends anywhere else except for this section of the mansion. And in the middle of this cave, there is a pile of swords, a pile of Bronze Age swords kept together like like as though they've been thrown here. Mm. And other than that, oh, sorry. And also, you can scan on the walls you can see that there are depictions of, like, warriors 
holding these swords printed again and again and again on the inside What's, of this cave. Uh, depictions, how are they depicted? Sorry, is it statues, tapestries? No, sorry, just like paintings. Painted, oh, like paintings. cave paintings. Okay. Yeah. Do you like to explore or...? Uh, well, f- first off, when I like reach, when I turn the flashlight on, that maybe triggers a memory for me and I want to just murmur, cowboy, under my breath. <laughs> and then... When I uh, when I see the, the little shadow of the kid's two feet, I before I keep going in, I uh, once again also murmur, kind of just to myself, "Good luck, little soldier." And then and then I enter into the room and I want to carefully have a look around. I'm going to make a point of not touching any of the swords. That feels like. I don't know. It feels like there's some fucking Sleeping Beauty shit here where I'm going to prick myself and then get cursed or something. The swords are very much, like, thrown in a pile. Like, these swords are piled high. Like, there's no uh, order to the way that they've been placed here. And you, again, like, you're kind of circling around this pyre, this pyre of bronze. And they seem old ancient swords none of them seem like they particularly stand out until maybe you get around the back of this pyre and you can see in between them all in the center there is a or not not like directly in the center but you can see sticking out of this pyre there is a carp's tongue sword and so you've been with the longhouse for a while and the longhouse though in the 60s it's barely ever used does have a symbol this symbol kind of at first glance resembles almost a child's drawing of a house. It's a square with a triangle on top of it and then a rectangular chimney. But also, uh, kind of on top of that, there are further geometric shapes placed in such a way that it, it, it looks almost like a rune. And you can see on this cop's tongue sword in the center or, or jabbing out of this pile is an ancient carving of that same symbol. It's a symbol, again, you probably only see on, like, the information packets you receive or if you've ever been to Mm. the current headquarters of the Longhouse, but there does appear to be an an ancient cop's tongue sword with that symbol emblazoned on it within this pyre of swords. I want to... Grab it. Grab it with both hands aggressively. (laughs) Mm, Maybe. I don't know. I'm thinking about it. As, uh, I want to quickly look at the depictions of people on the walls and I want to check for any signs of who they might be. Uh, specifically, I'm, I'm thinking they might now be depictions of uh, members of the Longhouse. You look on the walls and you, yeah, you, you can't necessarily tell if they belong. You don't know. They appear to be Bronze Age soldiers or warriors. But none of them have emblazoned on them the longhouse symbol. But you also know, or maybe you don't. Let's have a roll. You're kind of semi-aware that the longhouse has taken multitudes of forms over the years. So you couldn't rule out this being a longhouse, despite there being no uh, representation of the longhouse on the walls. But also, just as easily, it could be just a depiction of Bronze Age soldiers. You're just not really sure either way. And as you're scanning these walls... You hear a ding, 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 and the door to the basement. A knock occurs on it, and you can hear that little kid's voice. It is dinner time. It is dinner time. Hurry, 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 hurry. And also, at that same time, you are flooded with a rush of endorphins, and you no longer really feel like you want to be in here at all. You feel like the idea of dinner, of a delicious piece of mutton, some butter and onions, warm, crusty bread, wine... 
that's pretty appealing to you, right? Oh, that now. sounds so good, Adam. You should definitely go and have that. Jellies, I, trifle. I begin to leave. Mm-hmm. Is that part of me that's screaming? Does that part mm-hmm. of me have any control right now or any what, anything? What would you like to do? I would like to throw myself into the pile of swords. <laughs> okay. It'll be a resolve composure roll. <sighs> I'm so sorry, Adam. That's okay. Maybe as you pass by, you fling that one hand that has been miming, firing a gun or punching uh, somebody <laughs> in the face this whole time. You fling it at the pyre and you manage to cut your hand slightly. So this, it's bleeding a little bit, but otherwise you just you, you just can't seem to wrench yourself away from wanting to attend dinner. I, I go to dinner. You walk up the stairs, you open the door. That little kid, Anoska, he's there. He extends his hand for you to hold. I hold his hand. It is a shame we will be going back to sleep. We always sleep for such a long time, he says. Oh, no, Adam, I fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. We will be able to play when we wake up, I suppose, he says. And the two of you march into a massive dining room. The table is laid for at least 40 kids. And you can see that along the, the sitting at the seats at this dining table are... Children upon children upon children. You can see the four children that you were here to search for are sitting at the table. You notice them and that part of you that is still you is screaming. But the other part of you just smells butter and onions. That other part of me may be screaming, but a plan has been formulated. (laughs) You sit down, the dinner bell stops ringing. And the way this dining room is laid out is that one side of it is kind of like open to a hallway and you can't see off to either side of the hallway. And as you sit there with your knife and forks laid out in front of you and the smell, the delicious smell of a feast wafting through the air enters your nostrils, you start to hear a padding, like something huge is coming down the hallway. The kids all seem quite excited by this, but that little part of you that is in the back of your mind is like this can't be good and then coming out from that hallway is a cat the size of a grizzly bear a white fluffy cat the size of a grizzly bear and it pads around the corridor and to the head of the table dinner time my children she says in a voice that you can understand Back at the cemetery, is that where you're heading next? I've gone back to the cemetery, I've got the crowbar. I'm just, let's go, let's open this tomb up. You're back at the cemetery, and you put the crowbar underneath that slab on top. Um, I I tool up too. I've, like, got the sword, I grab the rifle, I've got my pistols, I've got some cold iron, I'm ready to go. Jackson, I'd like to... Strength is not my strong suit. Sure. So instead... What I would like to suggest is, can I try to use some other tools and the crowbar to make this, say, a MacGyver check? Yeah, I, yeah, I'd say that's absolutely fair enough. <laughs> so we'll try to build a bit of a bit of something to get it open. Yeah, I'd say that you can, maybe with a crowbar, you get some stuff from the toolkit, and maybe even you can drag like a not as heavy bit of stone or something that you find somewhere else in the cemetery that you can lean on the extended crowbar and some of the other tools and then just with pressure from your foot use it to kind of shift open the slab itself right once it's sort of shifted up you push it and due to its own weight it just slides off and embeds itself in the earth on the other side sorry about that jesus (laughs) you can see into the tomb there is just a coffin 
There's no stairs going down. There's no depths to it. There is just a coffin that was underneath that slab. I open the coffin. You put either hand on the lid of the coffin and you lift it up. And inside, it's it's quite rotted in there, or like as in, not even rotted. It's so old that you, maybe even as you grab it, it kind of crumbles under your hands or starts to fall apart. But laid in the coffin, there is the skeleton, and it's really more of just a pile of bones at this point, almost near fossilized, like they're just decrepit, of a dog. And in the center of this dog skeleton, there is a just an acorn sitting there. No sword? No sword. What did he want? He wanted my acorn, my dog. Mm-hmm. My tomb. So my tomb, my acorn, my dog. Cemetery, underground, my sword and mine. What was the, what was the other one? I wrote yes. everything down but that one. He said, um, my to- the dog, my tomb, my sword, my acorn, underground and cemetery. Yeah, my dog, my tomb, my sword, my acorn. The sword's missing. The sword's in the basement. Someone's moved the sword. Does it look like anyone else has done what I've done? No. It looks like this tomb has been undisturbed for centuries. All right, I take the dog bones out mm-hmm. and put them in a the little The moment bag. you take the dog bones out, you can feel <gasps> taking the dog bones out. You fucked up! You fucked up! Adam, I'm <laughs> courageous, not clever. <laughs> Removing the dog bones feels like you're pulling them out of, like, honey. Like, they have... You have to kind of wrench them from where they lay in the coffin. And the moment you take them out, manifesting beside you is a ethereal man in a suit of armor. And you can see emblazoned on the front of his armor is that crest that I think you've seen previously of an acorn with a dog inside it. This man seems old in that he is clearly from the past. Yeah. But he seems like young in that he, he could be in his like 30s. And he's staring off kind of into space. It's almost like he hasn't registered that you're there, or if he has registered you're there, there's like a dissonance there, and he he's near you, but he's also somewhere else entirely. Yeah. Uh, bonjour, your majesty. As he looks off into the sort of darkness of the woods, he says, L'essence le combat are you avec de bon. And he's saying this almost to you, but not to you. The ancients fought her with bronze. And then he says, which means my blade did some damage also. And then he turns around and he looks at you for like the first time. Previously, it's like he's been almost talking to himself, but this time he says it directly to you and he gestures into the coffin, into the grave, and he says, which you know means take my sword. Sorry, Your Majesty, there is no sword in the coffin. And then maybe he, he gives you like a smile and he says, Mercy. And he dissipates into nothing. Son of a bitch. I grab the acorn. Anything? You are aware that an acorn would struggle to find its way into into a coffin like this. Mm. There's no acorn trees around you. There's no... It's not like there's like a pile of acorns around this tomb that maybe one of them rolled in there somehow. But you hold the acorn in your hand and it does to you just resemble an acorn. So I've got the bones of the dog and the acorn. There is nothing else in... His body's not in the tomb? No. Is there dirt? There's, like, uh... Not really, no. It seems like the coffin was just laid under the stone slab. There's nothing underneath the coffin? You climb in, shift the coffin slightly, and underneath there is just more stone. In the chateau, at dinner, the white cat sits at the end of the table and just food kind of, I guess, just manifests on the plates in front of you and in the middle of the table, and all of the children start greedily eating. And the cat 
sits there. No, like, she's not eating herself. She's just doing that cat thing with her paws in front of her and sort of like, you know, like when a cat sits and has its paws in front yeah, and its yeah. tail is just going flap, 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 back and forth. And it appears to be like observing the children. Other around. than being extra large, is it a normally proportioned cat? Yeah. Do I pick up a knife and a fork to begin yeah, eating? Yeah, absolutely. The hand that I have been able to have limited control over is going to attempt to stab and skewer my other hand to the fucking table. Hell yes. And that counts as violence, right? Like, that's one oh, of your... Oh, yeah. Uh, I feel like I've been nothing but violent. That's true. Time. That's fair. Yeah, in the past, obviously, you've been trying to injure yourself, but this is the first time you do it. You bring the knife up and slam it into your hand, and at the same time, that pain in your neck returns. And the white cat turns to you with its big, round cat face, and you notice that underneath its neck, it's got that kind of, like, shaggy white cat fur hanging down, but underneath its neck, as you stab yourself, it becomes visible. There's dried blood. Like, a lot of dried blood on the front of its fur. Is something wrong? I give a dreamy smile and say, what could ever be wrong in such a wonderful place? Wonderful place. Maybe I stutter that badly. <laughs> we'll say if I fuck up this roll, I stutter yeah. that badly. <laughs> no worries. Whew. The white cat stares at you kind of like its big blue eyes blink a couple of times and then it returns to looking at the other children with a kind of like... It's hard to tell with a cat, but there's a kind of like a, a sinister warmth that emanates from its gaze as it looks from child to child. It reminds you of a somebody who has a lot of food in front of them and they're just pleased at how big their dinner is. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of gaze that the cat is giving the children. That upsets me. What would you like to do? Um, I would say you still have the knife embedded in your hand. <laughs> I'm going to... Oh, they're going back to sleep. Oh, no. Uh, how far away am I from the basement? You're quite a while now from the basement. How how are these tables arranged? Can I look across the table? It's one long table. Yeah. So, like, a kind of huge sort of medieval dining table is big enough for 40 children to be sitting on. You are probably sitting maybe... I'll say you're sitting kind of towards Le Chateau Blanc, and there are children on either side of you, and in the middle of this table there is, like, big roast chickens, there's jellies, there's big bowls of warm steaming potatoes, there's pitchers of milk, of wine, of water, of juice, there's anything you can imagine. And at the other, the head of the table, probably I'll say three children away from you, sitting not at a chair, obviously, but just sort of, like, uh, comfortably sitting, is the white cat. I want to look across the table to one of the other kids and I say, Mm -hmm. where is the bathroom? (laughs) The kid looks up at you and you, you are a huge man and you are also the only adult here. And so when the kid looks up at you, you see similar to that thing that keeps happening to you. You think you have removed a layer from that child of this enchantment, of this ensorcelment. And you see panic briefly cover the, like, flash across the kid's face and it says to you, El Dumage, El Dumage, and then goes back to eating her food. (laughs) Seems like she doesn't want to talk to you. Okay. I think I know my plan. Alright, so, uh, is this table one big table? Mm Mm-hmm. One big table. I'm going to grip it 
with both of my arms, with both of my hands, and mm-hmm. I am going to overturn the fucking table. You grab the table and you maybe like you you slide your chair back, get down like so that you're on one knee and then stand up. And as you do, the table and tips. The children scramble out from the other side and the kids, like you can look down on either side of you and there are just kids on chairs in front of nothing. And the white cat gets up on all fours and you can see that her fur is puffy and spiky. And also you feel another layer leave you. You feel weak. You feel horrifically weak and drained. And occasionally as you blink, you can see a wet, damp cave instead of the chateau that you are in. You blink a couple of times and it's gone, but very occasionally you just get a flash that you are somewhere else entirely. Can I get you to roll initiative? Oh boy. Oh man, you're not even at the chateau. That's where I think you are. (laughs) The cat lunges for you and lands directly on top of you. What's your defense? My defense is four. You roll out of the way just as the cat slams into the ground where you were. You can see as well, the cat has that bloody almost like collar of dried blood on its neck and now as you look at it, it is matted. Its fur is clumped together like it has not been brushed in centuries. Um, It looks... Unwell. Your turn. I'm going to turn around and sprint away, and as I do so, I draw my gun, but I can't shoot it this time. You feel as well as you turn and run away that sensation of being, like, of, of, of narcotics, of, of pleasure rushing through your body one more time, but maybe this time you feel like you are so far kind of pushing it out of your system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that you just kind of prevent it and power through. The children scatter to the four winds. I'm running. I'm going to get to the sword. I reckon that's the deal. You run through one of the corridors, like maybe back into the, the grand hall from the dining room where the big staircases, the big marble staircases lead onto the second story. And behind you, literally exploding through the wall, like smashing through the stone and through the paintings and through the wood, the white cat chases after you. Can't believe you're going to die before I get to where you're not. The cat pounces on top of you and slams into your side with its massive paw. It's like getting hit by a cannon. Mm. Can I get you to take two lethal damage as you can feel cracked ribs on your side? Is it my turn? Yes. All right. I um, uh, uh, I empty my entire clip. Uh, it gives me a... If I use all of the bullets in my gun, it gives me a mm-hmm. plus two bonus to the roll. Nice. I empty uh, my gun into the cat... I only intend on keeping... I don't think this is going to really hurt it. I'm just wanting to keep its attention. You place... Like, it's directly on top of you. That crusty, dried front is, like, almost maybe scratching the front of your your coat. You can see as bits of it flake off onto you. And its breath is horrendous. And you pull your, like, your, your piece out of its holster, slam it into the fur, and... Release every All you get in return is a tinkly, delightful laughter from the white cat. It seems like it has not affected it even a tiny bit. Uh, can I keep moving or has it got me pinned? Uh, you can keep moving, but also you feel so weak right now. I'm going to put you at a negative one for every action from now on. Okay. Jesus. In fact, I would say you're so weak you can feel darkness coming in at the edge of your vision. Okay, let's go back to you in the cemetery. 
So there's no sword in the cemetery. There's no sword. He said people have used bronze, but his sword got a couple of good licks in. Mm-hmm. I think his sword's in the cemetery. Is there anywhere else with any acorn dog shit going on? Nothing you can think of. Nothing you've you've looked. Oh, well, I'll give you another. I'll give you another search. That's five dice. Yeah. What if I look in the direction he was looking off in? You explore the back half of the cemetery. You explore like the front half of the cemetery. It's getting pretty late at this point. You've been exploring for a while. I'd say it's around maybe even like uh, like ten p.m. Like you're. You're turning over graves. You maybe even break into the church and have a look around in there. But you can find nothing. No swords. Nothing. Oh, my God. Where is your sword, your majesty? Nothing. There's no response. I grab the dog bones, shake them around. You shake the dog bones around, but you're just a guy shaking dog bones around in a cemetery. Fuck it. I need a bronze sword. I... I leave the cemetery. There's, I can't, mm-hmm. there's nothing here. I grab the dog bones. I grab the acorn. I head back. Were there any, like, ornamental swords in the Chartreuse Hotel? No. No cool. ornamental swords. Nothing in the mantle. I drive to the Chartreuse Hotel. It is time for me to call my other contact. <laughs> <laughs> you arrive at the Chartreuse Hotel. Dog bones and acorn in, in arm. I'm like, so, yeah, when I, when I set out today, I had, like, a, a loose-fitting nice shirt on and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. The shirt is open. I'm wearing a sweat-stained, dirt-covered singlet. My sleeves mm-hmm. are rolled up. My hair, which is normally... I still look good, but, you know, yeah, I don't look as good as I normally do. It's frazzled, yeah. Um, is there anyone in the hotel having drinks or whatever? Yeah, it's probably pretty busy right now. And as you open the door, everybody turns around to look at you, like, because you look like a madman. Somebody maybe whispers to somebody else, why does he have dog bones? Like, they don't know what's going on. I compose myself, put the bones in a little bag. <laughs> um, I go over to the phone. Before I make the call, I ask Amori for two shots of just any alcohol. <laughs> Rodeo. She, she gives you, a, like, a nod. She knows something's going on today. You're getting drunk. I'm being torn apart by a giant cat. I was also very shocked to see that cat. <laughs> yeah, that, you had no context. I was that. expecting a cat. You, yeah, you learned that it was a cat. I was, like, dragon, maybe a yeah. woman. Yeah. A cat! <laughs> <laughs> the part in your brain is just screaming cat in Russian over and over again. <laughs> yeah. um, I do both shots very quickly. Mm-hmm. I ask for a third. Okay, yeah, yeah. You, uh, Amori understands to keep them coming at this point. I make a phone call. It is a phone call that fills me with stress. It is to my other contact, a woman named Martina. You make the call, and it's late now, and, you know, this was a problem with, with the priest, but you think that Martina will be awake at this time of night. Oh, yeah, and she's in Europe. She's not yeah. in America. After some connections are made, she picks up the phone. What do you want? She says. Martina, baby. Don't try that baby shit on me. <laughs> you know I would only be calling you if it was something incredibly important. She doesn't say anything, but you can tell she's listening. How quickly can you get me a pair of bronze swords to Nanterre in a the limousine pair region? of bronze swords? It'll cost you. I'll pay whatever you ask. Nah, I don't need money. What I need is work. <sighs> I will do whatever you ask. I can get you swords by 6 a.m. How much to get it here in an hour? TBD. I know in my heart... That if I can, I can get these swords within the hour. Mm-hmm. But the cost is going to be enormous. 
It is not going to be will financial. Be massive. It, it'll cost you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Done. Whatever. And I'm staying at the Chartreuse Inn. Okay. That, the phone hangs up, but you know that within an hour, you're going to be receiving a bronze sword. I get off the phone and I go and order another two shots. <laughs> <laughs> In the chateau, the cat is standing on top of you, pouring at you, laughing. The children, you can hear them laughing as well. To them, this is a grand game right now. And the corners of your vision are darkening. And you feel horrendously weak, and that image of a cave around you is becoming more and more prevalent with every wink. You are sitting at the table once again, and the cat is sitting at the head of the table watching as all of the children eat. She turns to you and says, You are not getting out of here, darling. Consume meat. Have some food. You don't feel as good as you did when you were first in down here. You feel still terrible. And as you look at the table, you can see that the children are very close to having finished their dinner. Not much longer now, she says. How much control do I have over myself? You have almost full autonomy. I want to close my eyes. I want to try and focus. This mansion is fake. So I think those swords are a lot fucking closer than I uh, than at first seems. If I close my eyes and really try to focus, can I open them and try to view... Can I make an, an effort to see past the illusion? Um, you know what? I'm going to put some willpower on that. Mm-hmm. Before I do, actually, I look to one of the kids next to me. I put my hand... Probably, it's... Yeah, it's it's your, your friend from before. It's uh, uh, oh. Anuska. Anuska. Forgive yes. me. I put my hand on him and I steal his fate. As you do this, behind Anuska, you see the Cossack standing there. And he's got a smile on his face. Yeah, you, you see for fate, the child. You close your eyes. Maybe you get your hand still on Anuska's shoulder. Mm-hmm. And you try to see through the illusion of where you are. And then, all of a sudden, as you open them, you are standing in that cave from earlier with the pile of swords in front of you. I dive into the pile. I want that sword in the center. I'm excited for you to get killed by jumping into a pile (laughs) of swords. I'm assuming you're just trying to reach in. You're not, like, leaping into the pile. Uh, if I if I have to, like, throw myself into it to try and get and reach, that's what I'm going to do. I don't mind how cut up I get. I want that sword. You can feel as the swords, the other swords, like, do prick your body, and you can feel blood kind of coming out. You think they're pretty, like, uh, surface-level wounds, but you can feel blood coming out of you as you reach in and have to press against them to grab that bronze sword with the long house symbol on you, the little house symbol, mm. like a child did it on the hilt. You pull it out, and you are bloody on the front of you, but otherwise unharmed. Are you going to try and make it back to the kitchen? I mean, to the dining room? Oh, am I in the basement? Yeah, you're in the basement. Alright, I want to make... Yeah, then I'll I'll make my way back. As I do that... Fuck, what do I have on me? I want to just tear part of my shirt off and tie it around my hand and the sword. I want it... I want, like, a strap so that if I let go, for whatever reason, it doesn't fall out of my hand. You leave the basement, 
and you run like almost full tilt down this corridor and into the dining room and you can see that the table is nearly empty of food the kids are just like sucking the bones the flesh off the last bit of chicken they're finishing their glasses and Le Chat Blanc turns around to you and you feel like I said atrocious every step is becoming harder to take than the next what would you like to do you're out of initiative as well I want to jump onto the table, sprint towards the cat. I scream. I want to, like, make as much of a commotion as possible. Look, I I couldn't... I tried to make the kids scared of the situation previously, and I failed. Now, I want the kids to fear me. I want them to run away <laughs> for whatever... I don't care why they run. I just want them to run. I, as I sprint across the table, I want to kick shit at them. I don't intend on really hurting them, but I do want I do want it want to them hurt. out of the way. Yeah, I, I want it to hurt at least a little. I want them out of here. You get up on the end of the table, and the white cat again is like looking kind of pleasantly, like an evil mother sort of at these children, <laughs> like a cruel brooding is sort of what she's doing. Yeah, uh, looking at these children in turn. But then the moment you stand up on the table, she looks at you in shock and you can see a little bit of fear in her face and you start running and you kick plates into kids who start screaming and and fleeing this dining room they are terrified of you they already were a little shocked to see an adult in the chateau but now that you are causing problems and commotion they are like oh no it's a bad thing we've made that decision you kick pitches of water onto kids like laps you kick whole chicken carcasses into their faces as you sword held aloft run for the white cat but as you run the blackness the darkness on the edge of your vision gets more and more and more it starts encroaching you further and further and further and you started with such gusto with such fury but slowly as you get closer and closer to the cat you feel your footsteps lose their energy you feel the strength you have holding this sword dissipate. Oh, and though it's still in your hand, and though it, you, you can't drop it because the cloth is wrapped around it, still, the even the effort of holding your hand aloft becomes difficult. The white cat at the end of the table, and it's hard to tell because it is a cat's face, but it starts to look pleased. Oh. That's right, I'm coming at him. I'll be there in an hour. <laughs> No, you'll I'm get so the swords in an hour. <laughs> yeah, no, true. I don't know where you are. Fuck. <laughs> oh, no. There is no need to fight it, she says. This is not a bad thing. You think that you are seconds away from disappearing into darkness. With as much strength as I can muster, I want to fall forwards and use as much of my weight as I can to drive the sword down into it. As the sword, like, hits the white cat's front, you can see a little bit of blood start to pour out. But also, you feel like you are about to die. You feel like you are seconds away from dying, and then very briefly, because you are so close, you see the reality for what it is. You look down, and wrapped around you, as thick as an anaconda, is a long, white, fluffy cat. As long and as thick as an anaconda wrapped around your body in a horrible, dank cave. Surrounding you in all directions are the bones of children. The cat is clamped underneath your neck and is draining you of blood. And you suspect has been the whole time. You blink once. You are inside the chateau. You blink again. You are inside this cave. You think within 
literally a millisecond, you will be gone. And then you feel on the back of your coat, a hand, and you are yanked somewhere. And then all of a sudden you are sitting on a snowy mountaintop by a warm fire. Sitting across from you, this campfire, is the Cossack. Behind him is a tent, and he is maybe sipping from like a metal cup, like a cup of coffee. He looks up at you and he shakes his head. This one, he says, we do not win. This time, we must be content with merely surviving. Thirty years later. Fucking hell! When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.